Hey folks, it's Adam Summer. On this episode of the Heartland Pod for Tuesday, February 14th, I have a chat with Eric Richardson, the Development Director for Missouri House Democrats. Just what you needed for your Valentine's Day. And speaking of, won't you be mine? By going over to theheartlandpod.com and clicking on the Patreon button to sign up to be one of our patrons this Valentine's Day. You can give us at the Heartland Pod our very own Valentine by signing up to be a member at heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link. Every single level has something special attached to it, including extra shows and more access at the higher levels. $5 and up will get you an extra show a couple of times a month. We appreciate the support, and it's what allows us to bring you shows like this one with Eric Richardson, the Development Director for the Missouri House Democrats. All right, we are here for a chat with Eric Richardson. Uh, He is, uh, according to the internet, a freelance writer, political consultant, the president of the Audrain County Democrats, a development director for the Missouri House Democrats, a candidate for the city council of Mexico, Missouri, and I assume tired also. So, Eric, welcome (laughs) to the uh, Heartland Pod. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, Adam. I really appreciate you having me on. And, and, you know, I want to say up front, thank you for the, the work that you guys do. I mean... You know, there's a there's a, a gap in the media spectrum of voices that, that reach out into the, the the red parts of the state, really. Yeah. So it's nice to see you guys out there closing the closing up the gaps and, and giving a voice for people. Well, thanks, man. That's that's definitely the goal. So hopefully we can keep it uh, keep it growing and, uh, you know, helping helping folks out along the way. And speaking of growing, uh, you are growing into a new role with some statewide work. Uh, it's not for the Missouri Democrats, it's for the Missouri House Democrats, which is, of course, a distinct thing there. Um, so tell, tell us about that role, this development director for the Missouri House Democrats. Yeah, this it's, it's really exciting. And you're right. I mean, it, it is very distinct from the Missouri Democratic Party. And understanding that distinction helps a little bit to understand my role, because the Missouri Democratic Party really sort of sees its primary area of focus on the the sort of the statewide races and the federal races. So they really plug into attorney general races and, you know, lieutenant governor, but then for the Congress and, and senatorial races. But the House Democrat campaign committee is really built around specifically recruiting and mentoring candidates who are coming into the, the House side of the Mo Ledge. Um, there is an organization, I believe, that's in the that's in the growing stages on the Senate side to do a very similar role. And there will obviously be an opportunity for some collaboration with them. But um, so my role with the House Democrat Campaign Committee is there are several pieces to it, but really those feed into two main functions. Right. One is raising money for the caucus itself. Uh, and the second part is working with the candidates, whether it's the seasoned candidates or the newbies, working with them to help build and strengthen their specific fundraising campaigns. So it's one skill set, but it translates to a couple of different audiences. And, you know, these these candidates come in with an amazing mixture of talents and strengths. And so with some of my background in, in fundraising and with teaching and with marketing it's helping them figure out how to get the most leverage they can out of that. 
Um, you know, the House Democratic Campaign Committee has kind of two different roles. One is what they call indirect expenditures. So some of that funding that they raise helps to, to go in to support research and polling and digital ad campaigns and right. the kind of work that lays the groundwork, but doesn't really apply to any specific candidates or campaigns. But then the other part is doing a direct hands-on work with the candidates who have, who have stepped up and, and are willing to, to run. And that you know encompasses things like providing them with a website and teaching them how to use VAN. Uh, in order to, to leverage voter data, but also, you know, like I talked about teaching them how to sort of build up some of those skill sets that people don't necessarily come in already having. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is something that I think uh, is intimidating for a lot of folks getting into the political realm um, is there's, there's sort of a, uh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like when you get to law school and you realize that you're, you're really in a foreign language immersion program, <laughs> um, and that's kind of what, like, when you get into like the behind the scenes of politics, the first time you drop the acronym, right? It's the first time you say "van" to somebody, right? And you get right. the blank, the blank stare. Sure, sure. And, and understandably so, because it's it that's a super wonky thing to even really know about. Um, but it is the kind of skill that you know that you have to have uh, to be an effective candidate is to kind of understand you may not have to be the person who knows how to run all of that stuff. Right. You right. certainly need to know what it is, what the value of it is, and you know, what type of interaction you should have with something like that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's helpful too to, to, you know, like you said, it, it can be very intimidating and, and unless you happen to have a background in something like teaching or like sales, I mean, that fundraising process and, you know, learning how to be comfortable with that, right. that can be intimidating. And I've talked to people who shied away from running, people who might have been strong candidates in different roles, you know, at the, at the, the local level or at larger levels. And they sort of shy away because they know that's a, a shallow area for them and, and that intimidates right. them. So, you know, one of the things that I always try to, to do whenever I'm talking to people in this role or out of it, I'm like, look, you know, come and talk to me because I'll help you chop this into little steps so that you can sort of feel your way as you go. And that makes it less intimidating. Yeah. So let, let's say I'm a person listening to this and I've been thinking about running, right? The local, yeah. local stuff is already, all right. Filing has happened for, for the spring 2023, but there's a 2024 cycle coming up. Mm -hmm. And I'm really thinking about it. What are the, you know, what are the magical checkboxes? Because I think that I think one of the barriers to entry is that people create a list of things they have to know or be able to do <laughs> that creates their own barrier to entry. And it's probably a lot longer list than what they really should. You know, what, what are the things if, you know, there's three, four five things that if somebody, Hey, do you check all these boxes, then you're ready to run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I think it, it is really valuable is to, you know, to get past that intimidation level is to go to the events. I mean, sit down at the city council meetings or sit down at the school board meetings, you right. know, which are less intimidating. It can be daunting for people like say, well, go, you know, listen to state ledge hearings like, well, OK, that can be like a, a huge hurdle, but go and sit because one of the things that will happen is you will see 
wait, I could be doing this. Right. Right. Or, or you can, you know, I challenge people. I say, look, go to those meetings. I challenge you not to see an opportunity where you have a skill set at whatever level that is that could help fix one of the things that's going on. Right. And right. That's, you know, one of the single biggest points of leverage to help people is that 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 passion, that sense of being able to help, that's that's what pulls them in. That's what right. connects them and moves them forward because you don't have to see the whole big thing. You just have to see that next step. Yeah. And maybe for you, that's the step. Like maybe you decide to run for school board or maybe you just decide to be a volunteer and that's your step and you're happy there. Right. But for a lot of people, and, and I'm one of them, when you get to that step, then you're like, oh, well, here's another thing I could be doing. Yeah. And the other thing that it really helps to do is sit down and talk to people right? Everybody that I know who's involved and engaged in politics, whether they're volunteers or they're running for local or like they will sit down and talk to you and help you think about it. They've been where you are. Share some of your ideas. Hear back from some people because we can get trapped in our own heads, yeah. you know, like with the best of them. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. And you know, stuff can sound amazing in your head, or you can think to yourself like, oh, that's a horrible idea. Nobody would like, well, get out of your head, right? right. Sit down, take somebody to coffee, sit down with them, ask them how they got past that. Cause they did that, that happened to all of them and tell them, you know, talk to them just one-on-one -on -one about why you're thinking about running, hear how that sounds when it actually comes out right. and get some feedback because I promise, right. Those people remember being at that stage. And they're going to be able to give you feedback. I have yet to meet somebody that doesn't have some talent and some great ideas and could grow into a, a candidate if they felt that pull and they wanted to, to sort of start taking those, those steps one at a time. And so, you know, if you can get people to just be open to the fact that they might be better candidates than they realize and that it's less intimidating than they're imagining. So they'll take that first step of sitting down with somebody Boom. I mean, that's progress, right? I mean, right. we need people at all stages of that. So why, on top of all the other things that you do, why are you willing to spend your time doing this with the Missouri House Dems? Oh, that's a, you know what, that's, it's going to sound like I'm a fanboy, but, you know, anybody who follows me on social media sees it because there are people out there like Crystal Quaid and Sarah Unsicker and mm -hmm. Razor and Engel and, and I, you know, we could just spend the rest of the time just talking about the people that I admire. Right. right. So those people are amazing. And the fight that they're waging, right. Anything that I can do to help make them more successful or to make their job a little bit easier. And, you know, the thing is that it's not just the people like that, that we already know their names and are amazing. There are people right now who are deciding to step up and we yeah. don't know their names yet. And there are people who are going to step up and they don't realize it yet. I mean, right. and those people too, like I admire the work that those people are doing to try and make sure that voices get heard and that dignity and autonomy get protected. You know, it was, it was kind of interesting. I have a, a fortunate background. I grew up here in Missouri and, uh, you know, five generations of my family came from Missouri and I moved up to Wisconsin when I went to, to start my PhD program once upon a time and we lived up there for, for 25 years. And as our business grew, we had a chance to move back down to Missouri. And, 
you know, oh my God, like seeing what 20 years of Republican supermajority have done to cripple and crush this state, it's heartbreaking. And, and that's when I started jumping in at every level to, to help people. So, you know, for me, part of the, the, the fiber that I'm, that I'm woven from is, is trying to help other people open up their talent and their gifts. So, you know, reaching out and helping the local Dem committee build a little bit of momentum and talking to people who yeah. were thinking about running for a school board and helping to build momentum. And then, you know, I ended up working on some campaigns, but, you know, all along it's though I draw the energy from those people like, you know, Unsicker and Quaid and, and you know, Peter Meredith and, um, you know, kids whose names I don't even know who are showing up at Jeff city to fight back and push back. Right. So, you know, why I do this is because I see these people doing it and it's, and that, you know, and I see the brokenness on the one side and I see the people fighting back and refusing to give into that. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I can just like the people I advise. I'm like, I look at that and I go, look, here's some stuff that I'm good at that I can help with. Right. And so, you know, I feel that same, like, well, I, I can't not jump in and help then. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it. That's, I mean, that's why, you know, that's the answer of why do these interviews, why be on the microphone, why be editing late at night? I'm sure it's, yeah, I'm sure it's very similar for you. And and I think it's a, a, an important thing that folks can take away from this kind of discussion. Support this show and all of the work in the Heartland Pod universe by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the Patreon link to sign up. Membership starts at a dollar a month and goes up from there with extra shows and special access at the higher levels. Heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link or just go to Patreon and search for the Heartland Pod. No matter the level you choose, your membership helps us create these independent shows as we work together to change the conversation. You know, the the theme of what, you know, what's the magic checkbox? You know, I think I want to run. Should I run? The answer is yes, right? The the answer is if if that's something that when you sit with it and you you think you want to do it, the answer is yes, you should. And then you should immediately start getting connected to people like yourself um, right, right. And, and just start doing that and just saying, who can help me do this? Because that I think that's the part that people is, is very intimidating is I'm going to run. It doesn't mean you're going to do everything. Now you're going to do a lot, probably right, more yeah. than you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, but there, there's going to be people that will help you, that will help you learn the things that you don't know. Um, and, and, and it, you know, you have to do it to sort of feel, uh, you know, we did shows for months and months and months. Nobody was really listening, um, but we learned how to do it. Right. Um, and now that people are listening, we know how to do it. And so it, it, it works better. Um, and that's part of what running is, is, you know, maybe you won't win this cycle. Maybe you won't win for two cycles. But yeah. you're going to learn how to do it better, and you're going to learn all the people. You're going to learn who they are, and they're going to learn oh, that's who a, you are. One hundred and ten percent, Adam. I mean, that's exactly right. You know, I, and I tell people, you know, one of the it's very easy to point to this and say one of the most valuable things that the seasoned people can help you do is that whatever that first step is, if you're not doing it because you know you're giving yourself excuses and it feels right. hard, they're going to help you break it into smaller pieces. Yeah. Right? Break it into smaller steps. And so your example of running, maybe it takes you two times or three times or, you know, 
you know, because we get this mentality that's sort of built into us at some point along the way, like it's about winning, right? And like, right. look, if you, you know, if you're in a tough uphill red district and you run for city council or board or, you know, for state legislature and you get 50 votes your first time out, you know, yeah, that feels daunting, but look, you got 50 votes, but like you're saying, you built some skills in the process right. and you met some people. And hopefully in the course of that, you opened a handful of people's minds to maybe think about it in a way they didn't. And so next time you run, and I mean, the thing is, if we can get away from that big goal, like winning the seat right, and break it into those small goals, you're winning all along the way. You met new people, you changed the people's minds. Maybe you put your shoulder to the wheel and helped move some community project forward. Right. You didn't win the seat, but something cool happened because you were helping. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think, I feel like the 2022 cycle for Missouri had a lot of that going on. And oh, yes. and yeah. I think there's a lot of hope right now, and I think for a good reason, uh, because there's a ton of people who ran in those kind of districts, uh, right? Uh, look at the kind of the south, uh, southwest and southeast districts. There was a ton of really, you know, passionate, engaged candidates, and they've all stayed engaged. Right yes. after the fact, they're still around. They're still doing it. Um, I know later this week there'll be an interview on the Dirt Road Democrat. Uh, Jess Piper is going to be talking with Randy McCallion, right? Who ran yeah. down the Eighth District. Uh, two awesome, smart leaders uh, in this state who are both, yeah, they're both people who ran. They're both people who lost, and they're both people who then got up the next day and said, "All right, what's the next thing I can do to make this better for tomorrow?" It's perfect. You know, I was just joking with Randy the other day. I said, you know. The, I mean, the woman got whomped, right? Sure. But she's like, she's so stubborn that like one of her mules would be jealous of the amount of, <laughs> like she just, like you're saying, she keeps going. And, and, you know, Jess Piper, you know, you're right about the hope and the sense of hope. And, and Jess Piper is a good example that illustrates something there because the attacks against her have gone up and up oh my god they're and she just like they're at a fever she just pitch keeps rising to meet it right? right and you see that with these people all over the state and so you know i talk a lot about the sense of hope and it's not necessarily because of something i see myself as what i learned from you know there are people who are smarter and who are way more beat up than i am and they're feeling and they're seeing hope Right. right. You've got you've got, you know, legislators who are terming out this this round, people that have done some amazing work. And they're not like, oh, OK, I did my they're like, OK, what do I what am I going to do next right. to keep this momentum going? I'm like, OK, well, that's you know, then then we can step up too if these people can keep getting up, you know, after a beatdown, if they can keep getting up after an attack or a letter from lawyers telling them to stop or you know, the 837th comment about, you know, their appearance, <laughs> right. like if they can, you know, if they can keep standing up and punching back, that's that there's a reason to hope. And, you know, you, I talked to uh, house minority leader, Crystal Quaid, and she was like, you know, what gives me hope is last cycle. We had volunteers and candidates knocking over a million doors. Yeah. Like the Republicans are pushing harder and they're, they're getting weirder <laughs> sometimes right, right. It, it feels like, and these, you know, these candidates and these volunteers and, you know, like I mentioned, people we haven't even met yet right. who are, who are lighting up 
and you know, for me, the punchline of, of that is that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the person who, who describes the complex machinery of the legislative process. But what I do know from talking to these people is that we're on track to, to breaking this supermajority. I mean, yeah. the, the Republicans have just been steering this ship into iceberg after iceberg. And if we can keep on track for what we're doing, we could finally take that away from them. Yeah. And that opens up doors all across the, all across the, the board for, you know, things that we could change in terms of legislative momentum. Well, and just the sheer, the sheer bodies, right. Just having, you know, all of these folks who ran and, and lost saying, I'm doing it again, or you know, yeah. even if I'm not doing it again, I'm going to help the person who does it the next time. Right. Instead exactly. of just going away. And so what you wind up with now is, okay, so if now we have this dozen people who weren't there before, what if we add another two dozen this cycle? And now <laughs> suddenly there's all of this momentum that's building. And again, all of those people could lose again, yeah. but they're creating a need, right? They're, they're forcing a campaign to happen. They're forcing a discussion of ideas to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and they're forcing people to think about something other than the one and only option on the ballot, which naturally creates, you know, it, the likelihood of winning goes up by a hundred percent. If somebody runs, <laughs> it right. just does. Right. Yeah. It's right. a 0% exactly. if nobody runs. <laughs> um, so it naturally goes up. Um, but that it, it kind of brings me to the pivot to, you know, you're running for city council in, uh, Mexico, which is where my wife started her, uh, teaching profession and uh, a town that is, uh, near and dear to us for that reason. And for other reasons, I, I grew up in Missouri and I used to go to district band in Mexico. So uh, oh, cool. always, always go, you know, go bulldogs. Um, but you know, the local races, um, are such a great spot, right. For people to try it out to test their legs to see how it feels to do that kind of stuff and to see what what does it feel like to put your name on a ballot what does it feel like to make some yard signs what does it feel like to go up to somebody and say i'm so and so and i'm running for office could i talk to you for a couple of minutes and the stakes are pretty low right 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 well and that and you know so two things i mean that's a great question but i also wanted to mention you know one of the things when i look around and talk about the things that give me hope I mean, look at the growth that you've seen, right? Like there, right. I don't know what that looks like, right? I mean, have you, you guys have gone like zero to 60 in the last year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. We definitely are reaching, uh, you know, we reach as many people. I think I uh, messaged you earlier today that, you know, we reach as many people now in a, in a day that we used to reach in a week. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, that's reason it's for huge. People yeah. To be a, yeah. Yeah. It's it, not just it that is. you're doing it, but I mean, people are, are hungry for that, right? right. Like they're, they're lighting up. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, you know, the thing about running for, for city council for me, isn't even, is it even just about me and, but give me a minute. Cause that just sounds like a, a, a suck up. <laughs> but, I mean, well, you're a politician might, now, so it's gotta be a little bit win, about right? you. I might Come be on. that guy who gets, you know, 25 votes. Right. I might get 50 votes, but if I run and I get 50 votes, then next time when somebody else runs, when somebody else steps up now, I mean, it's a nonpartisan role, right? but it's also the case that, you know, if you're not one of the, I mean, we have a very old boy network here, sure, right? Yeah. By the nature of the place. And so 
it can be can be daunting to be going uphill in that direction as well, not just red or blue, but that you're not one of the old boys. And um, if somebody after me is able to run and they're able to bring a perspective to the council or to open some doors because I did part of the work, got the ball partway right. down the field, take a moment to think about how that just happened in an amazing way last night. Right. Yeah. 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 Coming off that 80s. Super Bowl victory. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's that's meaningful. And, and I very much take to heart that point. And I mean, because, you know, there's something there's something about the people in Missouri. And it's it's even more so in, in these rural areas. And it's that I mean, stuff moves slower and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. I mean, these these people, these families and these farms. Have literally been field tested Right. To outlast everything the weather can throw at them, right? Year after year, season after season. So, you know, the first gust of wind that comes by with your, you know, excited idealism, that's not going to make them blink. You've got to right. show that's them right. that you've got the kind of patience and persistence that convinces them, right? I mean, things move slow that, you know, the tractors roll slowly, but it's also that trust builds slowly, Right. And so you've, you know, if you want them to be like, oh, he's the guy who can solve the big problems. Well, you got to show them again and again that you can solve the small problems. And, you know, again, not just me and not just you, but the idea. Right. I mean, show them that there's right. a different there's a different possible solution here that could work and show them it works. And then they're willing to try it on a bigger scale and a bigger scale. And that's how we eventually get to you know, flipping districts or right. flipping the state it is because people have not come in with a, an amazing new idea. It's because they've done the groundwork. They, you know, they walked the rows, right. they, you know, they did the digging and the scratching and the, and the sweating. I, I always think of it in terms of, um, and I think it's why it's so frustrating is that the, the type of change that people talk about wanting to see, you know, it's like changing a rock and there's <laughs> right there's two yeah, ways to change a rock perfect. you can smash it and then it's gone or you can use water right and it takes a long time or a lot of That's pressure perfect. right I love that. over and over and over and over again well if there's one drop hitting the same spot forever and ever and ever yeah eventually it's going to change that rock some but if you change that one drop to 10 and then 10 to 20 and 20 to 50 suddenly we have a steady stream coming down that rock and eventually yeah. it's going to change. Naturally, it's going to change. And that I think is really hard to do because if you're the one drop, right? And if you've been the one drop <laughs> right. for five or 10 years in your community, you just look at the rock, you just go, well, it's kind of wet, but like, this, you know, that's really all I <laughs> That's see. what I accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so maybe you yell on social media and, you know, you get some likes or whatever, but like, it doesn't really do anything at that point in time. Um, and so that that takes me to another question I have, which is, what is something that folks can be doing right right now? Uh, obviously, social media is still important. Um, right. Rachel mm -hmm. uh, from uh, who's on the Monday shows, um, I think I think she is making pretty good points about how unimportant it may become. Uh, mm -hmm. But right now, it is still important, and it's useful in certain ways. But what are things people could be doing other than social media stuff, right? that can start making an impact today that's going to help. Maybe it helps the spring for 23, but it helps the cycle for 24. Yeah. Well, two, 
actually, you know, there's, there's probably three things that I would point to. One is, you know, they could go to mohousedems.com and chip in that, you know, chip in that $5 button, chip in $10. The, the, the Mo House Dems are driving momentum all over the state. And that's amazing. Now, you know, you know, I love your show. So I'm going to say they could help sponsor your show because that gets voices on there that get sure. to a bigger audience. But the other thing that I would point to is, you know, something I was something I was talking about earlier, like get out of your computer chair, go to the city council meeting. Right. Even if you don't say anything, just go just be in the room, just show up to that. Right. If that's your comfort level, look, not everybody's a public speaker. Not everybody wants to stand up and be, you know, in the spotlight, but go and listen. You're going to hear some stuff. You're going to notice some stuff. Sit down and talk to if you're not ready to run for city council, that's fine. Talk to people who are right. Like if you there are going to be people in your town who are just say, hey, I'd love to get coffee and hear how that experience is going for you. There's no there's no stress. You haven't said right. you're thinking about running. You haven't done anything. And, you know, I mean, the filing's done. So it's a while till you could even think about that again. But just go and learn something like what is it? What does it feel like? Right? Yeah. What what kind of stuff are they having to do? Trust me, those guys love being able to share what what they're experiencing and share their ideas. And, and the ones I've met love if people in the community care what's happening. Yeah, I mean, that's that gives energy. So even if all you do is is listen, you've helped, man. You've right. they know that people are listening and that there are people who care because a lot of times for everybody, I mean, even the amazing legislators, right? It can feel like it's you and an empty auditorium. And, you know, you're not yeah. sure if anybody's connecting or if anybody's responding. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, your run for city council, uh, I will have an act blue uh, link for folks if they want to check that out. Uh, and then folks can find you Twitter, I assume uh, any yeah. other places you want to plug, plug yeah, that stuff? On Twitter. I'm imaginary self. I will link that in the notes and I'll link to the Moha stems too. So folks can do that. And uh, yeah, mohousestems.com. That's easy enough to find Eric Richardson, man. Thank you very much for the time. Thanks for the work that you are doing. And I uh, look forward to revisiting in 2024 when the cycle's going and see where we're at. I expect, uh, I expect there'll be more water on the rock by then. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Adam, and, and uh, you know everything I can do to help to help grow the the number of people that are plugging in. You know, always always reach out and share that. Absolutely, thanks, man. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us heartlandpod2020 at gmail Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe. And please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.